In this week's Parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Klai Yisrael, tells the Jewish nation what's going to be. You're going to come into a land. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. It's a remarkably fertile land. The Kesev is of You're going to increase in wealth. You're going to have large flocks of sheep, large flocks of cattle. Everything is going to be in abundance. And then Moshe Rabbeinu warns, and remember... Remember, because you might forget, Remember Hashem is your God. He gives you the strength to create what you've created. Don't become arrogant. Don't get the sense of complacency. Remember that it's Hashem who gave it to you. And again, the Pasuk repeats, You should remember, He gives you the koach. He gives you the strength to accomplish all that you've accomplished. Don't make an error. And this is one of the very basic mistakes that we human beings constantly find ourselves in. <clears throat> it's my strength, it's my might, my intellect. I accomplished this. And again, the Torah warns us again and again, remember, <laughs> He, Hashem, is the one who gives you the strength to accomplish that which you've accomplished. The one interesting part about this is that that's not how Unculus translate the Pasuk. And Unculus translates the Pasuk, He says, He is the one who gave you the wisdom to invest in that type of merchandise. Meaning to say you made a business decision. Remember that it's Hashem who put that thought into your head. Hashem put that idea in your mind. He is the one who taught you to do it. Explains Unculus means Hashem gave you that thought in your mind. And that Unculus, while very interesting, is rather difficult to understand. Unculus' job is to give pshat, perish, simple understanding. And if you're going to tell me that when I become wealthy and have abundance, I should remember that Hashem is the one who gave me the wisdom, that's true, but that's a huge, huge understatement. If you'd like to understand how clearly an understatement is, all you have to do is look at the typical ungrateful teenager. You give, you give, you give, you give, and everything the child receives, I'm entitled to this. You didn't give me nothing. What did you do for me today? And that sense of entitlement, and that sense of not that I'm not appreciative, you didn't do anything for me. If you did something for me, maybe appreciative. If you'd like to understand Hashem's relationship to mankind, you have to study very carefully that relationship of the father, of the mother, to the ungrateful teenager. Because Hashem gives and gives constantly, constantly, and when you hear people say certain remarks, listen, Hashem, after what I do for you, I daven, I learn, I keep shopping. Who am I doing it for? I'm doing it for you, Hashem. As if to say Hashem owes me, and what you're looking at is a person who fundamentally doesn't understand the basics of our religion. And what I mean by that is as follows. I believe with a total, complete understanding. That the Creator, Borei Umanhig, He's the creator and one who runs the world. He orchestrates all events. Meaning to say, in very simple terms, whose house do you live in, whose bed do you sleep in? It's Hashem's world. And more than Hashem created you. And everything that Hashem did for you, you were given it gratis. But even more, the fact that since you were born, Hashem has been directly involved in the running of your life. And the day-to-day running of your life if you had an inkling of an idea to the concept, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, <clears throat> fills every part of physicality, looks down on me, sees me, and is intimately involved in orchestrating the events of little me. And if you recognize how involved Hashem is in each of our lives, and how good Hashem is, and how much Hashem gives to us, 
you'd quickly recognize that anything that I could ever dream of doing would pale in comparison to what I owe Hashem. And as a matter of fact, the Chovos of Ovis explains, one of the cornerstones of all our, of our Avodos Hashem should be that idea. What could I ever do to repay one ten thousandth, one ten thousandth, one ten thousandth of what I owe you, Hashem? And a person should have such a sense of <clears throat> indebtedness to his Creator, because if we take stock... And if we remember the fact that I was created and kept in existence and constantly watched over by Hashem, we'd quickly recognize that the reason you thank Hashem is abundantly clear. And anyone who has a sense, Hashem, you owe me, fundamentally doesn't understand life. So if you'd like to understand this a little bit more clearly, in case it's not clear, I'll make one simple observation. We make a bracha very often, Hamotzi lechem min Hashem, I acknowledge your presence. I acknowledge that you're here. You are the one who brings bread out from the ground. Now, if you think about that bracha, you should be a little perplexed. I don't get my bread from Hashem. The farmer takes a grain, plants it in the ground, up comes the wheat. He harvests that wheat. He sells it to a wheat dealer. That wheat dealer sells it to a mill. That mill grounds it up. That mill sells it to a bakery. The bakery breaks the bed. They that bread is brought to the supermarket, and I purchase my bread from the supermarket. The bracha I should say is, <clears throat> Baruch a supermarket, or Hamotzi Hashem min a supermarket. Why am I thanking Hashem for taking bread out of the ground? And if you'd like to understand the answer to that question, it's because it underscores everything that we as Jews believe in. You see, Hashem didn't just create the world, I mean, Hashem orchestrates every part of it that there are market economies, that there's law and order, and that there are established systems, that's all Hashem's involvement, all Hashem's doing. And in plain, simple terms, everything that happens under the sun, everything that happens in creation, is orchestrated, guided by Hashem. And when I say those words, I'm acknowledging the fact that Hashem is there, while the farmer plants a scene, while the combines are doing their job, while the mills are there, keeping the industries, keeping the people, keeping everything in existence, keeping everything running smoothly. And the fact that I have bread, I acknowledge Hashem's involvement in it, because I recognize that Hashem is involved in everything, and Hashem orchestrates everything. If that's true, let's look back on that unkelis for a minute. Hashem, you're the one who gives me strength. What does unkelis say? You're the one who gave me the wisdom to purchase that merchandise. That's true, but that's a huge understatement. It's also the fact that Hashem created me and runs the world and keeps everything in existence. So why did Uncle is so <clears throat> focused down on such a small point? Why did he shrink Hashem's involvement strictly to this idea that Hashem puts a thought in my mind? It's true, but it's very, very understated for what Hashem's involvement is. And to understand the answer to this Uncle is, I'd like to focus on an interesting little muscle. Imagine you see a farmer... Farmer is a simple fellow in Tennessee, and he's at the end of the summer, and he's looking out at his bumper produce. His crops have come in. The corn is six feet tall, filling the entire field. Wherever his eye sees, he sees abundance and abundance of corn. And he looks back and he says, wow, look at this. What a bumper crop. And he looks over at his neighbor's field, and his neighbor's field is barren. And he looks over and says, oh, that darn fool. I told him. I told them, plant corn, plant corn. Everyone knows. The frost came in late. The rainy season was right. No one plants wheat when it's like that. you got to plant corn. Dang fool, he heard himself. 
and our farmer sits back proudly that he made the right decision. Now, <clears throat> you have to recognize, the farmer is not foolish enough to believe that he's the one who created the seed, nor is he the one who allows the seed to grow, nor is he the one who controls the rains, nor is he the one who controls blight and pestilence. The farmer recognizes that everything is directed and guided by Hashem, but there's one area that he could take credit for, my decision to plant corn and not plant wheat. And I believe that's the answer to Unculus. Unculus was speaking to the Dordea. This was a generation who saw Hashem and Arsini and saw with prophetic wisdom, with tremendous clarity, they saw Hashem and recognized that Hashem is the creator and orchestrator of everything in physicality. There was no way in the world that they would take credit for anything except one thing. My wisdom. Says Unculus, don't make a mistake. Of course Hashem is involved in everything and keeping everything around. But don't think that your wisdom is something that you could take credit for. Who gave you that thought? Who gave you that idea? Meaning to say that was the one area that the Dor could make a mistake in. They couldn't believe anything else was their power, anything else was their might. They walked with Hashem in the Midbar. They got Mun delivered to their doorstop every day. They recognized Hashem's total involvement in everything in existence. But the one area that they could take credit was my brilliant idea. I bought this crop and not that crop. I bought sheep and I sold my cows. Says Unculus, Remember that there too it's Hashem. Hashem put that thought into your mind. And I believe that this concept that Hashem puts thoughts into our mind is the underpinning of so much of understanding of Hashem's involvement in the world. Let me explain to you what I mean. As a mamin, we believe that Hashem orchestrates everything in creation. And many a time, you and I have been in a situation where we say it's Hashem's hand. It's clearly Hashem. It's a nace. It's, a it's unbelievable. Now here's the problem. We know that Hashem hides behind physicality. Hashem goes b'derach ha'tevin, the ways of nature. Why? Because if Hashem would reveal Himself, there'd be no free will. If I see Hashem right here and recognize that Hashem is totally involved, totally running everything, then obviously... I would lose free will. Hashem hides behind the veil of nature. Hashem hides behind that mask and orchestrates everything. And very, very rarely does Hashem create an overt miracle, a nez goli. So here's the question. How could I believe in Hashem's protis? How could I believe in Hashem's personal intervention? If Hashem doesn't create miracles and doesn't change nature and everything in the world runs the way it always runs, what, what does Hashem mean? What does Hashem's involvement in my life mean? And I'd like to share with you that the vast, vast majority of Hashem's involvement in our life is putting ideas in people's heads. <clears throat> putting ideas in my head, putting ideas in other people's heads, but influencing the thought of man. And that's probably the greatest involvement that Hashem has in the world in an active and noticeable way. Obviously, everything is Hashem. Hashem keeps every particle of physicality in existence. But if you want to watch Hashem operating in Ashkacha Pratis, in personal intervention, it's almost always in the thoughts of man, your thoughts, my thoughts, but always in the thoughts of man. And I'd like to share with you that is a principle to understand so many concepts. The first is globally. If you'd like to be a student of history, if you'd like to make sense of history, you'll find a profound insight. And that is there's a zeitgeist winds that blow that suddenly change everyone's thoughts. And it's very, very clear. Almost every revolution in history, every major change throughout history, began with some change in the atmosphere, 
some change in the way people thought. No one could exactly pin it down, but there was a major shift in thinking. Let's look at the scientific revolution. For centuries, century upon century, man accepted the fact that nature is inexplicable beyond our reach, and suddenly there was the Renaissance brought about a tremendous curiosity. And for some reason that no one could explain, people started studying, people tried to understand. And what was accepted for centuries was suddenly questioned. How about the American Revolution? Never before had this idea come to, certainly not to modern man, to create our own country, and rebel against the powers and create our own. But there was such a powerful wind that blew throughout the shores, throughout the 13 colonies, that in fact the American Revolution began, it spread to the French, but there was winds that blew, there was a certain, you can't quite feel it, you can't quite, but everyone felt a certain way, everyone thought a certain way, there was a change in the winds that blow, the zeitgeist changed, and when it changed it brought about everything. If you'd like to study our Creator guiding history, that's exactly what you're watching. Hashem creates winds, Hashem creates different senses in man, Suddenly, everyone feels that way. Suddenly, it shifts, and people feel this way. And if you'd like to see one of the most clear examples of it, look at modern man. One of the most strangest things we are living through in our day. Never in the course of history has man had it this well. Certainly in Western civilization, and primarily in the United States of America. Freedom, opportunity, wealth, education, health. Anything you need, anything you want to become, you can become. Never in history has mankind had this much wealth, this much abundance, this much luxury, this much of exactly what man has been searching for. There are no marauders, no plagues. Our health care is pretty darn sophisticated, minus a little corona bump in the road. But the bottom line is mankind today enjoys privileged rights, freedom, that never before in history was shown or imagined, and if you had to pick one time when everything seems to be going right, it seems to be now. And suddenly, the anti-fascists, Antifa, hijacked the media, hijacked the leftist approach, and suddenly let's undo everything, defund the police, and systematic reform, we have to rip out from the root the very basics. If you would like to understand the wisdom of that, Just Google crime in Chicago. Google crime in any major city now, and you'll see there's a spike, an incredible spike. Why? Because when you defund the police, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to recognize what's happening. Anarchy is happening. And if you'd like to understand what it is, Antifa is an anarchist group of people. That is their agenda. That is what they're promoting. And they've hijacked the entire media, the leftists, They've hijacked a huge portion of the population. And that is a zeitgeist, that is a wind that blow, that's a Shem orchestrating the world for whatever which reason we may not understand. But when you see it, you sit back and say, I get it. That's a Shem, he's running the world. And in a global sense, if you'd like to see a Shem active in the world, looking at world events, looking at things that happen, certainly is a major, major concept and very eye-opening and very important to focus on. But on a personal level, this idea is even more important. And I'll share with you what I mean. How do you make a decision? Let's say you're challenged with a major life decision. Your mother is sick, and the doctor says, if we operate, she might live. If we operate, we may kill her. 
What do we do? We don't know. So you consult with another medical professional, and you consult with another, and everyone says the same thing. We don't know. We don't really know. Maybe she'll live, maybe she'll die. We can't tell you. We, we don't know. And you have to call the shot. Now, here's the problem. You cannot make that decision. Why? Because if you make that decision, you might very well spell the death of your mother. And you can't know whether the right decision is for, to go for the operation or not to, because who knows what the outcome is. And it's at that moment that you have to recognize one you sowed. My job is not to make the right decision. My job is to gather the facts and make the best decision I can at the moment. Meaning to say, Hashem runs the world. My job is to use my wisdom, go about the ways of the world, ask one doctor, second medical opinion, get as much information as I can, and then I have to make the best decision I can. I cannot make the right decision. I'm not a prophet. I'm not Hashem. That's Hashem's job. My job is to make the best decision, and then I take my heavy load, I transfer it to Hashem, and I say, Hashem, it's your world. But you see, this concept, and that I'm not responsible to make the right decision, I can't make the right decision, I'm only supposed to make the best decision that I can, based on the circumstances, based on my understanding, is a fundamental concept for how to go about this business called life. And it applies to so many situations. There are multiple situations that you'll be accosted with that has no right decision. Or, if there is a right decision, you sure don't know what it is. And you can't know what it is. How do you know where you're going to be five years from now? How do you know where you're going to be two years from now? How do you know the outcome? And you don't know the outcome, and you can't know the outcome. So how do you make the decision? And this concept that I'm not obligated to make the right decision, I'm only obligated to make the best decision, is the assault. I had a fellow who called me up with a problem. He's engaged, and he's not sure. Maybe she's not my Bashert. So I talked to him. We spoke about how do you feel about it? Do you enjoy our company? Do you feel, find her attractive? Yes, yes, absolutely. <clears throat> do you look forward to being with Absolutely. Is things going improving? Absolutely. Everything checked. But still, he was a little nervous. I told him, listen, you just have to trust. You have to rely on Hashem. You're making the right decision. Okay. He calls me a few weeks later. How do I know? Maybe she's not my, my Bashar. <clears throat> do, you, do you enjoy our company? Yes. Do you like talking to her? Do you like being with her? Do you find her attractive? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. You have to trust Hashem. From the Chasana. An hour before his wedding, he calls me up with the very same dilemma. And I said to him, I want you to understand something. If you want to know if you're marrying the right one, forget it, you can't know. The only way to know that you're marrying the right one is when you and she walk your grandchildren down the chuppah. Because only at the end of the road are you going to know the answer. But you have to understand your job is not to know the right answer, your job is to make the best decision that you can. According to everything, it seems to be right. You enjoy a company, it seems to be going right. It seems to be the right one. You jump forward, you say the words, Hashem, it's your world. I make the best decision I can, and Hashem, it's up to you. He got married a number of years ago, Baruch Hashem, he's happily married. But this is the point. On a personal level, knowing that Hashem influences my thoughts, and Hashem is there, changes the way I make decisions. But it also changes a lot more. You ever notice a lot of people are not at peace? A lot of people have an inner turmoil, an inner unrest. They're just not at peace. And I believe the reason why they're not at peace is because they're not at peace with the situation that they find themselves in. And there are three areas of that. Number one, many people are not at peace with me. 
Listen, I have a temper, I'm arrogant, I'm angry, I'm short-sighted, I make mistakes, I'm not at peace with me. Now make no mistake, a person should be driven, a person should be focused on growth, a person should always hold their mistakes in front of them and work on them, but a person also needs to be at peace with themselves. And the way you reach peace with yourself is with one single concept, I didn't create me. Hashem created me, put me into this body with strengths and weaknesses. My job is to perfect myself. My job is to grow. My anger, my arrogance, my laziness, my jealousy, those aren't things I chose. I didn't choose to have a huge amount of desire or a huge amount of jealousy. I didn't choose that. My job is to work on it, improve. Change takes a long time. But once I recognize that I did not make my anger, I can divorce myself from it in a sense that this is my challenge. I have to deal with it, I have to work on it as best I can, but it doesn't define me. And I make peace with me, and suddenly my perspective changes, everything that I deal with changes, and maybe for the first time I'm actually able to work on that trait, work on my anger, my arrogance, my jealousy, whatever it is. And the first area a person has to make peace with is themselves. The second area that a person has to make peace with is their life settings. Before you were born, Hashem decreed exactly the generation into which you shall be born. Exactly the family, exact birth order, with this temperament, these inclinations, this amount of intelligence, you are put into this body and said, go out there, ford those streams, climb those mountains, become the great person you can become. But you didn't choose it. You didn't choose to have 180 IQ, nor an 80 IQ. You didn't choose great talents, nor did you choose the opposite. And many, many people find themselves in a tremendous sense of unrest. I, I, I just, I'm not wealthy enough. I'm not successful enough. I'm not charismatic enough. Why can't I be? Why can't I be? Why can't I be? Now again, if things are in your domain, you work on them. You step forward and charge. But if you're doing your job appropriately, you're working appropriately, you're focused as you should be, you sit back and say, I get it. Hashem, you decreed what my life setting should be. Health, well-being, or not. Great success, or not. These talents, these abilities, I recognize it. My job is to use the tools you were given, use the situation I was put in, but knowing that I did not make my life settings and recognizing that Hashem handcrafted for me the ideal stage setting for my perfection that allows me to reach my ultimate sense of who I am, and that understanding allows me to be at peace with my life settings. But the third area that people find themselves not at peace with is decisions that they've made. Ah, oh, drat. Ah, oh, shucks. If only, if only I had done this. If only when I was younger I had gone to medical school. If only I was younger I had learned like a mensch. If only, if only, if only, if only. The Chobos of Ovas explains to us that in the lexicon of a Baal Bitochan, ah, oh, shucks doesn't belong. You see, ah, oh, shucks, regret, implies that I'm the one who determined the outcome. Now, if I made a mistake, if I was foolish... If I put myself into a circumstance that I shouldn't have been in, that's a different situation. But assuming I was prudent and wise and I made a decision. Imagine I was given a million dollars and I made an investment. I invested, I thought about it, and I asked other people, I asked for financial planners to help me, and I made this decision. And my one million dollars turned into ten million dollars. Wow, how brilliant I am? No. And the same way I don't take credit for my winnings, I recognize that Hashem put that thought in my head, so too, if it fails, I took my million dollars and invested in real estate. I invested in oil. I invested whatever it may be. And it fails. If I was prudent, if I was wise, if I did my due diligence and it was an intelligent, thought-out plan, I say the words, I get it. Hashem, you're the one who decrees. 
you want to decrease great success, you want to decrease everything else, and I understand it's my creator and I'm at peace. And this applies to so many situations. Our shucks is something that plagues us. Our shucks is something that we do over and over and over. I could have, I would have, I should have. Now again, if you're wise, if you're prudent, if you're careful, our shucks doesn't belong in your dictionary. However, there are areas where maybe it does belong. Let's say I messed up. I blew it. I was lazy, and as a result of being lazy, I didn't become a fraction who I could have been. I was in yeshiva, and I was growing and accomplishing, and, and someone said to me, hey, we got this business, you know, why don't you join us? And I left early. And I could have been a really serious tamachachim, but instead, I went into business, made some money, I didn't make some money, and I look back and say, idiot that I was, I could have been somebody. The money was going to come to me anyway. I anyway would have gotten married and have a family, but I could have really grown and accomplished, ah, shucks. That, ah, shucks, is justified. Why? Because that wasn't Hashem's decision. Hashem sets my life setting. Hashem gives me all the talent, all the strengths. Hashem speaks in my mind and helps and supports me. But at the end of the day, the human being was given Bechira. The human being was given free will. And the only area that you and I get to choose over is the areas of decisions that relate to our spiritual growth or the opposite. And in that realm, it may well be true that our shucks is justified. And ah, shucks, why didn't I? Ah, shucks, I could have, I should have. Now, for the record, you should just know that many, many times the ah, shucks is not justified. <clears throat> because many times when you look back on high, with hindsight, it looks like I could have just done this and it would have been much better. I could have just done... But if you would have put yourself back into that moment in history, then you'd see that Hashem actually orchestrated the events, brought things about so that you should be where you're supposed to be and not where you were. And while you take blame for it, it may not very much be your blame. It might be your creator. However, again, there are times when it really is your mistake, you're guilty, and it's your foolish error. How do you deal with that? How do you make peace with yourself? And I believe there's one simple answer to that. You look in the mirror, and you look at the eyes staring back at you, and you say the words, I failed. I messed up. I blew it. But I failed doesn't mean I'm a failure. I failed means I could have, I would have, and I didn't, and I blew it. And I take full responsibility for it. I'm not shirking my responsibility. I take full accountability for it. And at the same time that I recognize that I failed, I recognize that I am not a failure. In many other areas that I succeeded in, I learn, I grow, I dive in. Whatever my areas are, I'm a good father, I'm a good mother, whatever my areas are. And the big mistake that we human beings do all the time is we stare at the flaw, and because we're so focused on the flaw, we forget that it's a flaw in a diamond. And I guarantee, find me the biggest failure you've ever met. And it really, really could have been something more. I guarantee at the end of the day, there are many areas that they did succeed in, many areas that they're doing phenomenally well in, and this problem of staring at the diamond, but not seeing the diamond, only seeing the flaw is something that plagues humanity. You want to be at peace with yourself, it's these three things you have to make peace with. Number one, me. I didn't make my temper, I didn't make my arrogance, I got to work on it, but I was put into this body with inclinations, with a given temperament, with a given sort of drives and various things going on. My job is to grow, my job is to control my job is to become the great person I could be, but I didn't make my temper, nor my arrogance, nor my laziness, nor my jealousy. And when you recognize that you're at peace, I'm going to work on it, and I'm going to challenge myself, 
but I didn't make it, and I'm at peace. You have to make peace with your life settings to recognize, I'm poor, I can't make a living, I'm not well, I'm not healthy, I don't have a brain that the other guys, how, how come I don't know, if I had a head like him, I'd be able to learn blood after blood, I'd be, I'd be a master of shots. My life setting was gifted to me by my creator, handcrafted, ideally suited for me, not for you, not for the other person, but handcrafted for me. And the third area you have to make peace with is decisions that you make. The first concept the person has to understand is my job is never to make the right decision I can't. I'm not a prophet. I don't see the future. My job is to make the best decision I can. I ask advice. I ask outside people. I bring in as much knowledge, information as I can, and I make a prudent, well-thought-out decision. And then I take my heavy load and transit to Hashem, and I say the words, Hashem, it's your world. If I decided my mother should get that operation and she lives, it's Hashem's world. If I decide she should get the operation and she doesn't, it's Hashem's world. I'm not responsible to make the right decision. I can't make the right decision. I have to make the best decision that I can, and then I recognize that the outcomes are up to Hashem. And this concept, I believe, is something the Unculus is telling us very clearly. The Dordea was a generation that lived through the greatest miracles ever seen by man. They lived through Dam Svadea Kinim. They lived through Kriya Shamsuf. They were there at Har Sinai and heard Hashem say, Anochi Hashem Lekecha. There was no way in the world that they could take credit. My sheep. Look at my sheep. I made it. You had to make the sheep. I had to make the cows. And the only mistake that they can make, the only avenue of arrogance that could come into their heart was, I made the decision. It was my wisdom. And like the farmer who sits there and recognizes, I didn't make corn, and I don't know how to keep the rains falling, but I decided to plant corn and not wheat. Uncle explains that that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was warning the Jewish nation. If you have that sense, when you're, when you're in a tremendous, tremendous abundance, and everything is going your way, don't make that mistake. Hashem put that thought into your mind, Hashem put your thought into your head, and that concept helps us understand world events, helps us understand global issues, helps us make peace with ourselves, and more than anything allows me to make decisions as I'm supposed to, knowing that my job is to make the best decision I can and that Hashem determines the outcome.